Hi everyone, this is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And this is a psych out. This is not really the episode. This <laughs> is just an introductory message. We just wanted to let you guys know that despite everything that's going on in the world right now, which we are taking very seriously and we've taken most of the week off to uh, reflect and learn and protest and use our voices, most of all to listen. But we decided we still want to release a fun A Date with Dateline on Friday today, uh, just for people who might need a little laugh. This is a very lighthearted episode that we recorded several weeks ago. Right. Katie says it's a good one. It's a fun one. And I hope you guys enjoy. So for those of you that need a little double date right now, here's one for you. For those of you who don't want to listen to it right now, save it. Yeah. Put it in your back pocket. Listen to it another time. All right. Hang in there, everybody. Yay. Take it away, Kimberly. Now I'm going to say the exact same thing I just said. Yeah, you are. It's going to be weird. (laughs) No, it's going to be good. Get ready for it. I'm about to say it. (laughs) Uh, uh. Gonna say it right now. Hi, everyone. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to A Double Date with Dateline. Double trouble. Double mint gums and double fresh gum. No, it's not it. I'll never get it. That's close. It's not it. What is it? Double mint gum and double. I think the problem is I'm thinking of the bid. to do with the double mint That's cats. (laughs) Jellicle cats. That was jellicle cats. So I'm real happy you did that. That doesn't help us out here. But what does help me out is the stellar episode that was chosen for us to cover, which was chosen by me. I'm tooting my own horn. (laughs) And it is from the series on Back to ID Network, a series called Diabolical. Mm -hmm. So why are there two Diabolical series? There are? Well, when you go into D... In the ID scroll down, it's diabolical and then diabolical again. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. They take a lot of liberties with things on this channel, but that's why I like it. It's like kind of a free for all. I like it too. I'm thinking that the second diabolical might be just one case and it might be following that one case. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And Dennis Murphy is there. He's not, but maybe. You never know. Maybe it's his show. Maybe. Maybe whoever the (gasps) host is. He's going to pull off a mask. New head, who dis? Be like, <laughs> and I'm Dennis Murphy. <laughs> new head, new Dennis. Okay. So this episode is season three, episode seven, and it is called The Devil Wears False Eyelashes. Devil went down to Georgia wearing false eyelashes. You're welcome, everyone. Colon, you're welcome. Colon, Katie's story. Because <laughs> I enjoy some good false eyelashes. I do. We find out immediately in Diabolical that we have a format with an an overarching voiceover, a narrator who's kind of spooky, but, you know, is leading us through it with sort of Keith-esque type description. Would you call it Keith Light? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then we also get interviews with detectives um, who were around and like townsfolk, neighbors, things yes. like that. But we don't get- I loved everybody. A plus interviews. Oh, it's again that documentary style that we have in Suspicion has that documentary style as well. But we don't have the main people. We don't have the people who lived it at all. Right. We right. only have side people. Well, you know why? They're all dead. Well, that's true. Because this takes place in the 80s. So No, also because they were all murdered. Yeah, that too. Good point. So They all be dead. We find out behind a veil of normalcy lies a passion for evil. And then we also find out that all murderers are bad, but some are diabolical. And I already knew that because of Dennis. Did you know it? Oh, yeah. Dennis taught me a lesson a long time ago. And I take fast whatever he says. Okay, good. So if he said it, I absorbed it into my consciousness and it was learned. It's a part of you now. So we are in Pensacola, Florida. 1980. There's a serene boating spot on the East River in Florida for visitors. But this day, there's no happy families running around. What we're seeing is literally a fisherman on the shore and a soaking wet woman, like clumping out of the water, screaming, help me, help me, help me, please. Yeah, like flailing her arms around. Yeah, she's like clumping. I say clumping because that's what you do when you're waterlogged, when your pants are wet. You're like clunk, clunk, clunk. Wasn't that a character from Eddie Murphy? 
The clumps? Yeah. Yeah. Should I should their clunks are they clumps or clunks with a P or a K? It's probably clumps. Yeah. Is so, that too in, in in is that like onomatopoeia like they're chunky? Is that what we're supposed to think? Oh, it could be. Is it like a heavy like? Are they a heavy set family? Clumpy Kimberly. Are they? Oh, stop that! No one's ever called me that, but I'm just yeah. That's wondering. terrible. Um. Oh yeah, Nutty Professor Two, the clumps. Oh, okay. But it's there. with the K. I was not expecting that. This is with a C, what I wrote. Mm. I'm not sure if I spelled it right. Um, so she's not Eddie Murphying out of the water. She's walking waterlogged out of the water saying, please help me. Her name is Judy Bueno Año. She's 37 years old. The fisherman is helping Judy out of the water, and she tells him that her boat capsized with her and her son in the boat. But we don't see the son because he drowned it. Yeah. Her son, Michael, is 19 at the time, and he has a handicap that affects his movement. Basically, okay, it's not so much as a handicap, is that he's completely immobile except for one arm. Yeah. Uh, they did say severely handicapped, I think. They did. How did she get him in the boat? That's my big question. Well, but yeah, so because we're coming up to the next issue was not just that he can only move one arm, but that he has on really heavy leg braces. We don't know why yet, but he's wearing like these, I mean, these like, like metal Gump. braces on both of his legs. Yeah, kind of. Um, but she tells first responders that he definitely did have a life jacket on, which is not so much going to help if you're wearing 50 pounds of metal on your legs. Yeah. I would guess. Um, also, by the time the first responders like go into the water after him, he's already been in the water for like an hour. So how long did it take her to get to the shore and how long did it take the first responders to get there? Because an hour over an hour. This sounds dangerously close to a word problem and I don't appreciate it. I feel like you're trying to trap entrapment. If a woman swims from the middle of the ocean (laughs) to point. Okay. If she takes the hypotenuse. No, she's, she's the radius of the circle that is the lake. And so the it radius enters the Bermuda Triangle at a degree of 45 mm-hmm. <laughs> using only one arm in a backstroke. What no, is she the likelihood? Can use multiple arms. But if she decides to only use one arm because she should be pulling her child Sympathy to shore. From her. Yeah. Okay. So we meet at this point her former neighbor. I don't know why she wrote down because she seemed very much like a Dateline interview to me and that I don't know why we needed to talk to her very much except the fact that she was there to observe. We kind of get the idea. But, oh, also, I should say, I don't think, I think it goes without saying, but this is also a full, it's not a full reenactment. It's like snippets of reenactment is what this episode is. It's interviews with people, with detectives and neighbors, and then it is, partial reenactments of moments in time. But do any of the reenact, reimagine actors, do they ever speak? Or is it always the voiceover? She speaks. She speaks. Yes. The woman playing Judy Bueno Año speaks. And then later, one of the men speaks. I think we only have one male speaking. But 90% of the time, it's a voiceover describing Mm-hmm. They're seen and they're just doing a lot of physicality. So they have to convey a lot in their imagine reimagine acting with their body language without words. So maybe they were dancers. They could have yeah. put out a dancing call uh-huh. for this. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So also Judy, again, I thought was a pretty good lookalike. No. Okay. You never think that. Yeah, no, totally. They're never going to look spot on. But I thought she was all right. It's hard to tell. The photos of Judy are very um, not great. But we do see Judy speak. Oh, in court? Yeah, but that's like fuzzy, grainy TV. It is. But I, even with the fuzzy, grainy TV, I was like, okay, I, I get it. There, There is one lacking thing in this. I'm not going to harp too much on it, but we'll get to it. So Judy d- with the reimagine, reimagine actors. Okay, so... We meet this former neighbor, and she says that her and her dad go speeding to the accident. That's about oh, it. Oh, yeah, I don't know why they were there. That's the neighbor you're talking about? Yeah, I don't know why they were there. Pam. It's a Pam. Okay, and I thought Pam was going to be important based on the fact that her name is Pam. No. I was dead wrong. Judy, like, moves away immediately after, right? Kind of. We don't know. Yeah. So 
The first responders find Michael's body and surmise that because of the braces on his legs that he sank like a stone just immediately. Um, Pam tells us that she's tenderhearted and she's crying and crying and said, Daddy, how oh, right. could this Pam happen? Pam is tenderhearted. Yeah, not you. Pam is tenderhearted. Pam tells us that she's tenderhearted. I feel like now looking back at these notes that Pam is there to show like a different side of what someone could be like because then we're presented with Judy who is not nothing like Pam. But in the reimagined acting, she is crying, Judy, but no tears. No, she's she's scrunching up her face. Yeah, Judy's kind of wailing, but not tears. But no real tears. Yeah, just now. So we don't know if that's just the actor that's playing Judy. The actress is not a good actress or she's actually a brilliant actress. And she's doing what Judy was probably doing, which was crying with no tears. I'm going to say she's brilliant. I think she might be incredibly brilliant. I think she might be very good. And I think we might be seeing her winning an Emmy soon for something else. Okay. Or for this. Or for this. I don't know when this aired. I didn't. I don't write down that many details because I'm not camera. I don't know if if um, ID Network submits for the Oscars or Emmys. I mean, they should. They should. I bet they do for their special series. They have a lot of special series that I want to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them look Keith amazing. Morrison investigates. Yeah, that's not a special series. I don't think. I'm talking about like the ones that follow a family, like the ones that follow one murder, and it's like six parts. Oh, okay. Right. I, no, that's exactly what Keith Morrison investigates is. Though. Oh, I thought Keith Morrison investigates with singular episodes. I didn't realize that it was one story over like a year. Oh, no, I guess it's not. I don't know what you're talking about then. I'm talking about making a murderer, but on ID Network. So you're following one case in six episodes. I see. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Okay. I'm down. Anyways, but this horrible, horrible tragedy of Michael and Judy wailing on the shore is just a no- another tragedy in a string of tragedies in Judy's life. And... I, there's the rub. Now we get to it. Let's find mm-hmm. out what Judy's been up to. So Judy is born Judas Welty, Ju- Judius, Judius, Judius Maximus. It was like, I think it was Judas. It was Judas or Judas? Judas. Is she Jewish? Was she Judas? Was Judas Jewish? No. You went to Hebrew school. Yeah, we didn't study Judas. That's a Jesus thing. That's a New Testament thing. You don't care about him. So Jude, Judas, Judas, Judas had a rough upbringing. Her mom died when she was a young child, maybe a toddler. We don't know exactly. And she had a yeah, child. Yeah, that was weird too. That was foreshadowing, but never happened. So like they say her mother died maybe very early, like maybe when she was a toddler. Or So I was led to believe that's how she made it seem. And you were like, oh, we're going to find out more about that story. Oh, yeah. Sorry. But, well, like, but then we don't. Let's yeah. Let's just tell you right now. We don't find out anything more about that. That's still a big question mark. Um, were you let you were you thinking that like she killed her? Mother? I thought she killed her mother at okay. age three. Um, oh, I see. All right. Or all right. she killed her as a teenager and then made it seem like she was t- killed when she was a toddler. OK, I think it was more to show that we never we don't know what was the truth and what was a lie about Judy's past because Judy's telling different people different things. Yeah. So she had a childhood of neglect that apparently led to a whirlwind of adult troubles. Um, she had a baby at 17. Teen mom. Is mm-hmm. that the whirlwind of adult troubles or is the other a whirl- the whirlwind? Is the baby? No, it's all the stuff that happened after. Okay. A baby's a blessing. I would say a baby's a blessing. And so he had... So but she, she had- is as good a mom as Farah from Teen Mom. Yeah. Farrah might Farrah have. Farrah is an amazing mom. Actually, I think Farrah has her beat. Farrah is a great mom. So she, Kimberly does good at sarcasm. I can't say that because it doesn't, sounds like I'm not being sarcastic. So Farrah she, started a Froyo shop. Yes. She, oh boy. So she had Michael at 17. She was working two jobs, lots of responsibility at a very young age. So she was very determined that she was going to have a better life. She was going to make something of herself and make something of herself. She did. In 1961, she gets the quote unquote answer to her prayers. I don't think she was praying a lot. I could be wrong. But Mm. she met James Goodyear. He was 27 years old. He was an Air Force sergeant and he was smitten with the waitress Judy. She was a waitress at one of her jobs. 
I guess that according to our interviews we get, she really put on this air that she kind of has her act together, even though she's a single mom working two jobs and probably doesn't have two nickels to rub together. She pretends like she does. Yeah, they made it seem like she pretended she was very classy. And like, I was like, but aren't you a waitress at like a little... I'm sure she had an excuse or a reason, but she had like, they said she bat her eyelash and make all the men fall in love with her. She's just one of those women that knows how to manipulate men is what it sounds like. She didn't have that effect on me. So I'm just going to say, okay, I'm going to trust in ID Network and go, okay. I think you should trust in the story because according to the story, she very much has it. No, you're right. You're right. She has it. You're right. I should borrow from her. I haven't had this many husbands. Do you want me to send you some false eyelashes? I might need some. If that's the trick, I'll do it. Apparently it is, according to the title. So in 1962, James and Judy get married. And James actually adopts Michael as his own son, which is very sweet. Very nice. Seven years or six years later in 1967, the family moves to Orlando, Florida and settles there. They have two children of their own, James Jr. and Kimberly. Oh, there you go. Uh, and that's the last we ever hear of James Jr. and Kimberly. I don't know where they are, what happened to them. Bye, bye. Yeah, but <laughs> maybe so. Um, Judy opens a successful daycare business, and everything seems to be going well, but the marriage starts to struggle. What if I struggle. was that Kimberly? And Joni is Judy? Adopt. Joni is Judy. That's not great for what we hear for the rest of this story. I don't want to think. But what if I was just, I ran away and was adopted by Joni and Bob? Where were they in Florida in the, you weren't born. You'd be a lot older. You'd be like in your late 50s, I think. What year did this happen? This was in 1967. Oh, then yeah. How old are you? Answer real quick. How old are you? 29. Okay. (laughs) That was too quick. That was excellent. I'm always 29. Yeah, you are. Judy opens her daycare business. Marriage starts to fall apart. But in 1970, he's deployed to Vietnam and we get Vietnam footage. Is that expensive, Vietnam footage? No, I bet it's public record. Oh, okay. So Judy is all left all alone when James goes off to be a hero in Vietnam. And she has to take care of her three children all by herself. And she becomes lonely. So she meets herself a car salesman and starts a secret affair. Mm-hmm. as lonely women are wont to do in Orlando. I don't know, mm-hmm. or anywhere for that matter. Anywhere. Yeah. But then James comes home, and it seems like he comes home later in 1970. He's not gone for a whole long time. When he comes home, Judy decides to end her secret affair and tries to make her marriage with James work, but not for long, because in August of 1971, one night, James becomes very very sick. He is vomiting and hallucinating. After reenactments of her smiling way too much while cooking him dinner. Yeah. And I was like, she's way too happy to be cooking him dinner. Yeah. That's that very Cheshire, true. Cheshire cat little smile there. That's true. Well, we should Suspicious. all be worried. Of course. And we also know pretty much that Judy's going to be the subject of what is diabolical in this episode. So... Yeah, we can only imagine what's coming. So he becomes so ill and that he thinks that he sees bunnies on the bed and he's like trying to capture capture the bunnies. So Judy thinks that, or she tells people that she thinks it's Agent Orange, which is like a DDT, um, a crop thing, pesticide used in Vietnam. Uh, she also thinks that she can care for him single-handedly in the home and he doesn't need to go to the hospital. But the voiceover tells us before we go to commercial, there. but the caretaker Judy is one Judy, but then there's another Judy, the evil Judy. Mm-hmm. So naturally, after a few weeks of being unbelievably ill and hallucinating, he dies. James would be dead. He died of pulmonary congestion and renal failure, which sounds Flippin' awful, mm-hmm. I have to say. Uh, Judy tells her friends, not about the Agent Orange, but that he was hooked on drugs when he was in the military. He got addicted to drugs. So the military gave him drugs to counteract his addiction to drugs. And those drugs, the counteraction drugs, he was allergic to those. I should just make up these things. I don't know. but Was people- there no testing back then? Well, and people probably also knew so little that they just believed her, right? 
And she's a pretty good actress. And she's acting upset. So we find out that Judy did tell one of her friends at daycare, Connie, something a little bit different. And it wasn't after James died. It had been before he died. Judy tells her friend Connie that what you got to do, she was talking about how she was struggling with her marriage. And what you got to do is you got to put arsenic in his salad or his tea because it's completely untraceable and they'll never find it. Yeah, don't tell people that. Yeah, how many not... times do we have to go over this? This Keep is in... your diabolical the... plans to yourself. This is in the 70s, though. Is it What was life like in the 70s? Quaaludes? Studio 54? What was happening? Vietnam? That doesn't mean you get to say that give people advice like you should just kill him and this is how you should do it. And they never check for it. And oh, yeah, of course, I'm joking. Yeah. Judy might be a good actress, but I'm not sure how smart she was. Mm-mm. No, I think she's the very smart, but also a narcissist. So she has to have people like know to come to her for advice and stuff. And oh, good point. Kind of wants them to know how brilliant she is. Kind of wants the attention and wants people to fear her, too, maybe. Yes, definitely. Okay. So Connie thinks, of course, that this is all a joke, but sees a different side of Judy at the funeral. Mainly the different side she saw of Judy was that Judy had decided to fight her, invite her secret lover, her car salesman ex-lover, to the funeral. And also decides at the funeral that she, to like have a seizure attack. Um, I was going to say the different side that we all got to see of Judy was almost her Clovis. Because why? she has a seizure with a dress on and her legs were dangerously open. But I think Judy was going for that because she wanted to be alluring whilst having a seizure on the floor. Yeah, I think so too. She was not going to have an unattractive seizure. She wanted to have a pretty, yeah. Also, can I attract another rich husband at my husband's funeral? It's like, I don't have to waste any time. (laughs) That's true. So she composes herself quickly after her seizure for attention and departs with her secret lover. Yeah, she kind of just walks it off. Yeah, kind of. Um, and then goes Sorry, home. Sorry, I was dying. I'm fine now. Sleeps with her car salesman. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so where are the kids? Don't know. I'm sure. Mm-mm. Okay, we're going to yeah, check. Who was, what, who was helping the children yeah, at this funeral? We'll check in on them a couple times throughout this because we don't know what happens. To- where are the children? Where are the children? So... She collected $90,000 in military benefits and insurance from James's death, and that would be $500,000 today. That's what I mean. Why is no one checking? What do you mean? Checking what? Well, if there were more benefits, like if it was like their fault or was, did she get extra for saying that the pills that were they even giving him pills or was that just a story or was she trying to get more money saying it was the military's fault? Very good point that I don't know. I think you do get a certain payout from the military because he died while in service, even though he didn't directly die while in combat. I see. Um, I'm sure part of Judy was hoping that he just wouldn't come back. Oh, yeah. Which is awful. So, but it's the least of how awful she is. So now that Judy has a lot of money, she sees the money as freedom. She buys an MG for herself. What is an MG? Merrick Garland. Great. And a Cadillac. She wants everyone to love her and think that she is super rich and generous and the belle of the ball. So she gives her... (laughs) I laughed so hard. What, a belle of the ball? belle of the ball. You, you, my friend, would be the belle of the ball. Don't drop... Drop the soap. Don't drop the soap. Do you have Sorry, a, we're doing prison mic. Prison mic. The office. Did you see that one prison mic meme? The worst part about <laughs> quarantine is the dementors. Somebody put it on a light pole. Yeah, it's funny. That's funny. I wish I thought of that. Um, <laughs> so uh, she, but she gave the Merrick Garland to someone else, and because she's just like that, she's super generous and kept the Cadillac for herself. Um, she put. So her money puts her in a position to attract a new victim. I mean, a new gentleman caller. So enter Bobby Joe Morris. He was super charismatic and was rich and had like, I bet he was really into Elvis. Mm-hmm. Can I say that with some comp? You yeah. think? Okay. Yeah. Um, and they meet at a tiki bar. The reenactment tells us. I don't know if they actually met at a tiki bar, but it, that's what they're showing us. And you see, you hear her talk. She goes, Hi. What's well, no one's sitting here. Yeah. She always talks when she's hitting on them. Yeah. Is anyone sitting here? And then she's like, well, I'm not sitting by myself anymore. 
Was that that one? Yeah, which doesn't seem that charming to me. It seems a little desperate, so I don't know. Maybe she did it in a different way. Hi. I couldn't help note. She, he goes, hi. She whips her body around from the bar mm-hmm. so fast, like not without zero any chill. That was a double negative. With no chill. And it's like, I am de- here for you, you know, to whips around and then like almost gives herself whiplash. You're right. She was very much not playing hard to get. Right. I'm not. Also, I'm a little confused at this point because it's at this exact meetup that I'm noticing she's not wearing false eyelashes. I don't know if she was wearing them throughout this episode. I think the actress may have not everyone can wear false eyelashes. The glue is really hard to get right. So, I mean, but knowing you, that's the title of the episode, shouldn't that have been part of the audition process? This was my thought that you have to be able to wear false eyelashes. But now for these types of shows, I think the audition process and the shooting process happens really quick. It's not like a full movie set where you can do many hair and makeup test shoots. Right. This person looked very close to her, close enough. Uh-huh. And, but I feel yeah. like. You would need false eye. Maybe they didn't name it this until later. Okay, Mm -hmm. that could be it too. All Mm -hmm. right. So anyways, Bobby Joe Morris didn't stand a chance. Six months after meeting Judy, he invites Judy and her three kids to move into his home. And he lives in Pensacola. So now is when we have the big move to Pensacola. Judy impressed the people of the town with her brash personality and big checkbook, they say. Mm. Um, Again, sort of splashy and spending a lot of money uh, and then a big talker. So she becomes really good friends with, and this is where I got a little confused and didn't figure it out till later. It's not Bobby Joe's mom. It is the neighbor of Bobby Joe's family, Uh that mother, the mother that lived in that house. So they're kind of the same age. I thought that she became really good friends with her new boyfriend's mom. No. Because I feel at one point they say mother-in-law. And I was like very confused because also she doesn't marry Bobby Joe. Right. But mother-in-law or that mother comes in later. Bobby Joe's mother does come in later, but this is not the mother that we're talking about. We're talking about this. We have a one interview with one Where guy. Where they're under the umbrellas together. Yes. And it is Judy and a girl who, a woman who looks around her age. So it is our neighbor. The interview we're getting is with the son of that other woman. But it's confusing because the woman under the umbrella looks to be about 25 and the son is like 60s now talking about how his mom was friends with her. So I'm like, am I that old? When has this happened? How far back are we? Quantum leaping all over the place. It's fine. Mm -hmm. So anyways, the neighbor's friend, the, the woman that lived next door, basically, Became good friends with Judy and is having marriage problems of her own. So starts kind of confiding in Judy. Huge mistake because Judy loves to apparently tell people, here's how you go ahead and get rid of him. What you need to do is take out some life insurance, first of all, and then just poison him, collect the money and move on with your life. I feel like she's getting annoyed. She's like, I keep giving this great advice to all of my friends and no one's taking it but me. Why is no one taking my amazing advice? Why does everyone look at me like I'm creepy? (laughs) So a few months later, naturally, Bobby Joe. But she says to her, that's what I did. Oh, am I skipping ahead? No, you're not. You're not at all. I didn't write it down. But she does say that. She, she says, says, she says, that's how I got rid of so-and-so. And I, my life has never been better. That's how I got rid of Goodyear. Yeah. Of James. And my life has never been better. la di da Yeah, look at me. Look at my watch. Look at my fancy shoes. Yeah. And so the friend goes home and tells her husband, mm-hmm. which is very funny because she would have to kind of say, I was talking to Judy and I was complaining about how I wanted to divorce you. And basically she told me I should kill you instead. And then the husband was like, she's just kidding. It's fine. But was this kind of the icebreaker that her and her husband needed? Was this it? I think it was. I think it was. I think the neighbor did better after that. They didn't get a divorce. Oh, my God. They became like friends. They were a team. They were in on this and they would gossip and they would like spy. They were doing what you love. Did you see that look? Did you see that look? We got to take Judy down. 
And I think they're the ones that told Bobby Joe because a couple months later, Bobby Joe starts having weird feelings towards Judy and it starts getting really tense and really weird. I mean, we we could maybe guess that Judy's just telling him herself at this point. Like, I killed my first husband. Do you want to be my second husband? But I'd like to think it was the newly um, the newly mar- the newly happily married neighbors. I think it was definitely the neighbors that told him. I think the husband pulled him aside and said, you know, Judy said a weird thing to my wife the other week. I guarantee, like, sitting around the barbecue. By the way, our sex life has never been better. Yeah, thank you, Judy. Cheers to you, buddy. Thanks, Bobby Joe and Judy. So after things get weird between Bobby Joe and Judy, he decides to move to Colorado in 1977, which is, thank God. But did he allow Judy and the three kids to live in his house? And he went and moved to another house. Yeah, I think he was just trying to, like, escape by the skin of his teeth. Okay, so keep the house. I don't even care. Right. Yeah. Yes. And so we are told before the commercial break, hell hath no fury like a Judy scorned. That's a little dateline-y. I liked it. It was good. We we skipped over my favorite quote of the episode. What? Which was from the one guy who's, like, a former prosecutor. Uh-huh. And he says... um, she wanted to be the bride at every wedding and the corpse at every funeral. Yes, he did say that. Did that already happen? Yeah, because it was when she has the seizure and it was like she was trying to steal focus even at the funeral. Even at the funeral. This is my funeral, damn it. Yeah, all eyes on all me. All eyes must be on me. Wow. Yeah. Terrible. She probably got one of those huge photos with the wreaths around them of her own photo. It's probably with... The one that you place near the casket is her and him. Yeah, exactly. Great. Um, So after a few months, a few months after Bobby Joe moves to Colorado, Judy shows up with her three children. Wow. Uh, And three months later, guess what? Guess what's happening with Bobby Joe? Oh, he's in the hospital. Mm -hmm. Shocker. So she he's in a hospital where she is. They said a nurse in training. I, I yeah, got a little confused Yeah, she switches professions a lot. Like, first she has a daycare center. She's pretty much a scam artist, it seems like, because she had wormed her way into some sort of high nursing position at this hospital with no medical training as far as I know of. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's really, really in bad shape, Bobby Joe is. He's doing that kicking and thrashing. She tells everyone when the doctors are talking to her because it's her boyfriend she says that he's a really heavy drinker, and what he's doing is exhibiting signs of withdrawal. And the doctors and nurses are like, okay, makes sense. Kinda. Thanks. We won't check anything. We're not going to take blood. I wonder what animals he was seeing all over the bed. I know, right? Tarantulas? <gasps> no. Red pandas. Yeah. Let's make them all cute animals. Fennec foxes. So Baby goats. She is... So she is actually his in-charge nurse at the hospital and has access to him 24 hours a day. No, she must be real good. That's all. She's much better than you. You or I would not be able to pull this off with any no. kind of a plum. So she's also giving him everything to eat and drink, which I'm like at this point, no, stop. No, no, no. There's actually, I don't know how they know this, but there's one story that uh, I think it's the prosecutor is relaying about how she's trying to give him a drink and he's refusing it, refusing it, and she gets him to drink it. I don't know how they know that story, but... I guess a nurse walked in and or overheard. That makes sense. Sure. This nurse that has shady paperwork is force-feeding this patient to drink liquids that they don't want to. That's fine by us. That seems fine. It's the 70s. Just anything. Again, Studio 54, Quaaludes. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Um... So after three weeks of horrible, horrible illness in the hospital, he dies. He dies the exact same date that her first husband died, James Goodyear. After his death, she tries to take control of his affairs and tries to get him cremated. But this is when mom comes in, his mom. Oh, 
Mm. Bobby Joe's mom comes in and puts her foot down and says, absolutely not. I want his body shipped here. I want him home in Pensacola and I want an autopsy. So there is an autopsy performed on his body when he returns to Florida. But we don't hear anything about that until much later. Mm. So now it's time for Jody to collect more cash because. Oh, my God. Why did I write Jody a hundred times? Only in this one section. Nope, just in this one section with Bobby Joe. I was definitely combining their names. So Judy has forged his signature, has forged Bobby Joe's signature on insurance papers. He did not, apparently, she kept telling the insurance adjusters, like, oh, he just doesn't have time. I'll just take him home and he'll sign him at home. Things yeah, like that. Yeah, and they were not married, but she still took out all this life insurance. And she has her name on the papers as Mrs., what's his last name? Mrs. Bobby Joe Morris. Yeah, she just started changing her name and changing her titles willy-nilly, and no one ever checked. Right, because now she, she becomes a doctor very shortly after this. Yeah, she just adds an MD. She just cha- literally just changes anything. Yeah, I'm his wife. Yeah, no not? paperwork needed. I don't need to supply a birth certificate or a marriage license. Nothing. If she's pulled over by a cop, she's like, I'm Cher. You don't even need my license. Just my name is, take my word for it. My name is Williams. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she had a really good British accent. So she takes her new $90,000 payout and buys a new home in Pensacola back to Florida for her family. And this is when she gives herself the new name, Dr. Judeus Bueno Año, which is good year in Espanol. Oh, I get it. Because the first one was good year. Good year. Bueno Año. She's not very clever. She's, is she Latina? No. <laughs> I didn't think so. What I was, was like, her first eh. name? Wetley? Watley? Wet? Welty. She's hmm. Welsh. She's a Welty. No, that's not right. Okay, anyways, unfortunately, now we look in on Michael's life. Michael is the son that she had when she was 17 years old. So right. from her not married whatever, her high school guy. Mm -hmm. Um, Michael is kind of slow, and Judy is straight out ashamed of him. Uh, She tells people that he is her stepson. I know, really bad. He has to go to a special school, and in 10th grade, he drops out of school altogether and joins the military. Whoa, what? What? Military just take everybody? They they just take a 15-year-old? How old are you in 10th grade? How old do you have to be? There must have been a couple years in between. Maybe he was held back a few years. So in 10th grade, he was like 17. They like the one neighbor makes it sound like he has Asperger's because she said he was really awkward. And well, and he doesn't look you in the eye. Yeah. Um, But then but then they also say he is slow. So I don't really know exactly what his issues are. But the military welcomed him with open arms. They sure did. So Michael is in the military, and while he's in his military training, he goes home for six weeks and, of course, gets really sick. Big, okay. Mm-hmm. All right, we're not surprised. He's in the hospital. They finally test someone, and they find out that he has seven times the normal amount of arsenic in his blood. Finally, someone tests something. So Judy has, of course, an excuse for this, that he has pica, and when he's in the military... He worked at an arsenic compound, so he was just eating arsenic because he has to constantly have stuff in his mouth. Okay, sure. This totally makes sense. Totally makes sense. Um, The effects are completely devastating. He will never walk normally again. He's paralyzed, hence the leg braces. He's really, really depressed. He can't go back in the military. But Judy is also depressed because... Because it didn't work. Her murder plot failed. Yeah. So to the lake we go. got halfway there. Yeah, and it stopped working. So, so we're going to the we're going to the river. Take me to, to the, the river. river. Take me to the river. You're saying the Billy Big Wash Mouth me. bass. You're doing the the bass song. Take me to the river. That's what the bass sings when you buy that talking bass. Really? Yes. You didn't know that. Maybe I am. Yeah, maybe I am. You are. You should have one of those. Except I don't think you'd feel right with a fish. On My you dad all. had one, and I thought it was really funny. Oh, and it, it, then it gets annoying really fast. But maybe I'll get you one for nostalgia. No, I didn't. No, no, thank you. I might. Um, no. Is the Tiger King picture enough? 
Yeah, it should just, be enough because it's so good. Okay, absolutely enough. Anyways, um, so after the commercial break, we learned that she had given investigators conflicting accounts of what had actually happened at the river. She said first that there was a tree stump. The canoe sort of hit the tree stump in the water and went over. Next time, she says it's a snake. A snake had gotten in the canoe and everyone panicked. And how does this happen? Is like a does a killer just like tell one's doesn't think about it ahead of time what they're going to say, then tells something, and then like a little bit later or before the next interview thinks of something better and just says that better thing. Yeah, and then thinks that it doesn't matter that their stories change. Well, it's think always, about it. it. I don't understand how this works. She'd gotten away with two murders so far. So yeah, and two that we know of. Right. We don't we never hear from Connie or James Jr. or Kimberly. They just disappear. What happened to her mother? Yeah. Yeah. So or the boy who got her Baby pregnant. Baby daddy. Yeah. Yeah. So we have a whole set of people that we never hear from. Where's Pam's dad? We never hear from Pam's dad. Okay. So anyways, um the everyone in the neighborhood is starts talking when the accident happens because they're saying, Why in the heck? Would you take someone with heavy leg braces and put them in a canoe to yeah. canoe down the river? It's like a death sentence. Who have disabilities should not be able to canoe. No, Kimberly. Think, um, I don't just don't understand how she got him in the canoe. I don't She's either. She's not able also, to lift a grown man with leg braces into that's normally in a wheelchair into how did she get him into a canoe? I don't know. And then also all she it's not even a rowboat. It's a canoe. So all she has to do is lean forward and it tips. I mean, it's like two seconds and then you're over. You're done. Oh, my gosh. Um, so also, er- was he actually wearing a life jacket? He wasn't in the reenactment, but right. I don't. She said he was. Wouldn't matter. Yeah. You'd need like floaties on every limb, like multiple floaties. I don't know what you would need. A miracle. You need Judy not to be your mom. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah. So everyone is very suspicious, even that investigators are suspicious, but no charges are filed. There's no witnesses. There's there's nothing that they can prove that that didn't happen. So there's no crime here that they can charge. She collects $110,000 from the military, buys a Corvette and a nail salon. Look at you. Fingers for newer. Fingers and faces. She's not in New Preneur. York. Yeah. Lady Preneur, fingers and faces. Fingers and faces. Which is the worst name for a nail salon I've ever heard. Fingers and faces. It sounds like fingers in faces. Like you're giving someone the F-U. Fingers and faces. Fingering in the finger lakes. Sounds like that too. So she again starts spending money like it's going out of style. And now we're back at the tiki bar. Except this isn't a tiki bar. This is some sort of darker, more seedy place. It has the bars have to start getting darker as she gets progressively older is what needs to happen oh, here. Oh, yes. Dark and, worse lighting. There we go. And bars are her favorite place to meet rich men. And so we find the out prosecutor she, says bars are where the young people make the hookup as yeah. they say. He says make the hookup. I don't know if he's been to a bar in about 40 years. Do the young people say, I'm going to make the hookup? I don't know if he's heard a young person speak in a minute. <laughs> I Does he have children? I did love him too, but that's not a make the hookup. Loved up. him. Hooking up? What's he trying to say? Okay, I think yeah. he's trying to say hookup. Meet to hook up. They go to the bars to hook up, okay, not there we to go. make the hookup. Well, she's making he, the hookup. He hook was up. close. He was. Uh, so she always wore her hair really short we find out, and had really huge false eyelashes. Here's when we hear about the false eyelashes. And this is when we get our title, the, the devil wore false eyelashes. Because mm-hmm. the woman who is telling us this, I'm not sure who this woman is, another friend of the neighbor, one of the neighbors says that she always seemed to her like a devil in false eyelashes because they were so thick that they almost looked comical. Mm-hmm. Like they're, they're too big. So enter man number three, John Wesley Gentry. What are these names? So she's all dressed up in like a cocktail dress when she meets him. And he's all dressed up too. So it's like their eyes meet because it's like, oh, you're fancy. I'm fancy too. And she comes over and says, do you know what prime rate is, Kimberly? (laughs) Of course I do. Are you in business? It's 11%. Yes. I own a nail salon. Uh Uh-huh. It's the worst pickup line. I don't know the words that you're saying. 
It's the worst pickup line I've ever heard. And I thought for the first time I heard it. Ribs? I heard prime Prime rib. steak? I heard what prime. What are you trying to say? Prime rib first time. And I was like, do I, does he know what prime rib is? That's not going to test if he knows money or not. That's not going to help. Oh, boy. So six months later, John Wesley Gently decides to move into Judy's house. And that was his biggest mistake. So he makes pretty good money. They're having a good time. They're traveling. They're spending a lot of money. But this is definitely, according to the neighbors and opposites, a track situation. He's very quiet and she's not quiet. (laughs) She's very loud and brash. Mm -hmm. June 25th, 1983. He proposes. And not long after this, she surprises him by saying that at 40 years old, she is indeed pregnant. Oh, she's so good with kids. I'm glad. This is the last time we ever hear about that. Yeah. I have some questions that I don't think I'm going to get answers to. Yeah, that's a great point. Because the day she tells him that she's pregnant, that night they actually have a party to go to at a really nice restaurant downtown. And she says that they need to take separate cars to the party. Make his, makes up some reason why they need to drive separately and tells him very, very specifically where to park his car. Um, in the reenactment, he speaks and he says, Why? So he gets a line. Yeah. And she goes, it's safer. Right. At this really nice restaurant downtown. Because it's safer. It reminded me of um, Robert Blake. What's that? What do you mean? At Vitello's in Studio City. He was with his wife and they parked at Vitello's, but like down the street. And then he forgot his gun in the booth and he went back to get it. When he came back, she had been shot. It's a crazy story. Oh, my God. What? Yeah. Okay, I need to I need to research that. Okay, that's fascinating. We should do that one. Let's do that next. Okay. So they so they go to the party and during the party she's like, You go home. I'm gonna stay a little bit longer. I wanna talk to some people. Grab a bottle of champagne on your way home so we can sell she's saying this in the reenactment, by the way. Mm-hmm. So grab a bottle of champagne so we can celebrate by ourselves when I get home. Um, didn't you just say you were forty year old and pregnant? You're not celebrating with champagne. Why? Bring in this baby who's probably a fake baby. It's not, it can't be a real baby, right? Why, yeah, why bring in the baby? Was he threatening to leave? Like, yeah, was he threatening to leave and she wanted to get him to commit to get married? But he just proposed. You already got there. Yeah, why is she doing that? I don't either. I don't know. It's very strange. Hmm. Um, But so he leaves early like a good, dutiful husband because he does whatever she tells him. But car bomb. Car bomb. Car bomb, car bomb, you're my car bomb. That's good. Excellent. But he lives. Shocked. I said, oh, my God. Yeah. All caps. No, I didn't do like that. I went like this. I went, oh, my God. He lived. Um, He's in really bad shape. I was like, what? But he's alive. Yeah. But I think that happened in a dateline, too, outside the daycare center. That woman was blown up and then she was fine. And she lived. It happens. But see, and these are... Because what happened was there are two sticks of dynamite on the car. And I think dynamite's like kind of fickle. When I think of dynamite, I think of little cartoon dynamite pieces with the word Acme printed on them. I think 90% of the population thinks of that. Okay. Um, So it's triggered under the car to detonate when the car lights turned on, which I thought was interesting. I wonder if they went to dinner in the daylight and then she knew that they'd be leaving once it was nighttime. Yeah. So that is kind of smart. Um, But what's not smart is how she handles it right now. Investigators sort of figure out that something's up here. Well, because there's dynamite. How was she going to play that off? Like he was had pissed off the mob or something? Well, like, yeah. Why have them die in a way that is clearly foul play? Now, I'm sure she had excuses for this. Unfortunately, we don't get to hear what they are because we were trying to get to like her getting caught. But can but we I just like say how, how much of a great soul she is? She's a beautiful person. She didn't want anyone else to get hurt. So she had him park on the side. Is that why? She didn't want any innocence, innocent blood on her hands. No, I'm sure that's not why. I wonder why. But it did probably save some lives that day. It probably did. Her being good old Judas in that moment. So investigators find her at the hospital right by John's side, um, at which point she does tell them that she's a doctor. She literally corrects them in the scene. They're like, yeah. Mrs. Um, Buenos Aires. Buenos Años. Buenos Años. Buenos Años. Yeah. It's doctor. It's doctor Buenos 
Años. If a doctor came into my room and said, hi, I'm Dr. Buenos Años, I'd be like, no, you're not. <laughs> no, yeah, that's not real. Get out of here. No. Is there a Buenos Años' last name? I don't know. Ever, anywhere? Let us know. Can I, yeah, can I have some of um, our Latina listeners weigh in on this? Because I'd like to know if you know anybody with the last name Buenos Años. Um, so the investigators start to dig a little bit. And what they find is a trail of terror going unpunished for a decade. But the narrator tells us that Judy isn't going down without a fight. And we know that what we're going to see is the courtroom uh, teaser little bit of the actual Judy Buenos Años that they tease through the entire episode. After commercial, John wakes up and he tells detectives that he and Judy had a life insurance policy, but she had canceled it. No, she didn't. Totally didn't. Uh, it's worth $500,000. So now she's like upping the ante. So... Also searching Judy and John's house, they find the type of wire that's used in the bomb, and then they Judy. trace the actual dynamite and find out that it was bought by a friend of Judy's. Who's this friend? The Car- one she gave the Merrick Garland to? Secret lover, car salesman. Is it all the same dude? Oh, maybe. Yeah, maybe so. Uh, so they go to arrest her, and as they arrest her, she pretends to have another freaking seizure. <laughs> this is my favorite part of the whole Was this your favorite? You tell Because it. I rolled my eyes so hard. And then yeah. this beautiful detective lady. Yeah, she's awesome. so perfect. Mm-hmm. She's like, I knew she wasn't having a seizure. I was like, get up off the floor, Judy. And she did. <laughs> get in the car. That's what she said. She just gets in the car. Totally calls car, her bluff. Like ignores. It's like when a child is having a tantrum in the middle of a department store. And the mom's like, we're leaving. And the kid like just stops crying and gets Wait, don't leave me. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, brother. So funny. So the investigators start by exhuming the bodies of James and Bobby Joe. Now, at this point, I'm like, Bobby Joe had an autopsy. Did they not find arsenic in his autopsy? The mom wanted an autopsy. Right. Uh, They just took Judy's word for it, that it was alcohol. But he had an autopsy in Pensacola. The mom bought, brought... Yeah, but I don't know if arsenic was something they were specifically testing for at that time unless they were looking for it. And I think you have to specifically test for it. Yeah, you're right. So the men have 10 times the lethal dose of arsenic in their system. 10 times. So they could have died with a lot less. But arsenic turns out to be a pretty good body preserver because they're able to do these autopsies. Oh, yeah. Um, Judy, I said that like I under... Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was good, though. I believed it. So Judy is first put on trial for her son, Michael, for the river accident. She's real feisty. And now's where we get the... You sure gave the jury a real good show of what I did. And by God, you don't know. You weren't there. <laughs> That's what we get. And we'd already seen this multiple times. And she's shaking her head. Yeah. She's really... It's and it's so good. Also, like, really it's jarring... It's been a murder in Savannah. ...to hear how thick her accent is. I didn't expect her to have such a Southern accent. And I was like, what? Okay, Judy. Um, but the jury finds her guilty. Yeah. And they give her life. I wish we could have had more footage. I wanted the I whole... did, too. I thought, I thought that was a snippet of what we were going to get to see. And it was yeah. not... It was, I wanted so much more. Yeah, me too. Oh, wow. I want to see this charisma in action. Yeah, me too. Ugh. So the the beautiful cop, the beautiful detective comes on and tells us that it's just so unbelievably cruel that the last thing that Michael saw was literally the mother he loved paddling away from him as he sunk to the bottom of the river, which I was like, I didn't need that in my head. But thank you. This is awful. Um, the next trial is for... The attempted murder of John Gentry. So we still haven't been, she still hasn't been charged with the two husband murders. It's just John, who she wasn't married to yet. Or I guess she wasn't married to Bobby Joe either. But she's given an additional 12 years for John Gentry. And then finally, we have the trial for John Goodyear, husband number one. And for that, she's given the death sentence. I think as far as death penalty cases go, when you see a mom kill her, yeah. son and then right so if someone's going to get the death penalty I, we're happy in this case that it's someone like that yeah so of all all of the cops say she's the most evil she doesn't care she's cold does not care about anything but the fact that she got caught mm-hmm. cares only about herself no regrets at all 
completely mm-hmm. diabolical. They don't say that. I said it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm giving credit to Dennis. Thank you, Dennis. Yes. Yeah. Judy was actually executed March 30th, 1998. She was the first woman executed in Florida in 150 years. That's crazy. And Florida loves to execute people. Yeah. Uh, maybe not women, though. Yeah. Crazy. That's crazy. And she was executed on what would have been Michael's 37th birthday. Yeah. Justice. And she had no last words, which I got total chills at that she had no last words. She had no last words. I was like, she doesn't deserve any. No, she does. But I'm also like a woman that mouthy. No last words. Maybe they just were like, you can speak. We're not writing them down, though. Yeah, you're a monster. I'm going to put in earplugs. I'm putting my fingers in my ears. Because we don't want to hear your last words. That would be, oh, wait a minute. That would be hilarious. It's two people. It's like Bill and, I don't know. The executioners? Yeah, Bill and Allison are sitting back there. It's like, Allison, did you get that? Uh-huh. Sure, yeah, Bill. totally. I'm writing it to like when when a telemarketer is like, call us back at this number. And you're like air drying with it. You're like eight, seven, five. Sure. How do you spell injustice? OK, <laughs> good. Yeah, it's great. I got it. That's... No, we're definitely going to tell people. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're, we're going gonna... to write a book about you. I'm sure I'm sure there are books written about her. In fact, can I just say blanket statement? These ID shows don't go into a ton of detail about the cases. We know that they focus more on the entertainment value and the reenact reenactment. Mm-hmm. So we've gotten lots of comments on all the stuff that we missed from the last couple cases. Oh, sorry, guys. We know that it's not us that's missing it. And it's not the show that's missing it. They're not trying to be a documentary that gets every single thing. They have an hour, so they're telling a good story. And the only reason that I'm not doing outside information is, A, I'm doing the recap. B, Kimberly won't. C. Yeah, I don't care. They're, um, we're trying to keep these shorter. Much shorter. Or else we would do outside info. Also... At the beginning of this one, it said all names and, or some names and details have been changed to protect the innocent. So that if we ever get anything wrong from now on, I'm just going to say we changed their names to protect the innocent or ID Network did. So that's great. You're welcome. Oh, that's because good. Um, one of the episodes, I think it was the um, it was either Murder House or the guy who killed. What was that guy? The military man. Not the military man. No, no, no. Um, it was one of the olden times ones. I can't remember. Anyways, they said like her name, the wife's name was different. And I was like, the show gave the different name. And so I think they just changed it. Oh, interesting. It happened a long time ago. But Hmm. so either a fact checker was wrong or they changed it on purpose to protect some family member. All right. That's not your jam. That's fine. It's your jam. They like it. It should be your jam because we're having a great time doing it. It's my jam. Um, although I, I hate Judy. I hate all of them. But like Judy's a monster. She really is diabolical. Oh, boy. But I'm, it's making me think I should wear more false eyelashes. But now they don't have those like those thick baddie ones like, you know, that are crazy. No, but they have like Bambi. They have like mascara that have Bambi in them title. I know. So isn't that that kind of thing? Don't fall for that. They're, they're doing that because they want you. That is a marketing. I, I, I almost fell for it. If I didn't have five mascaras lined up that you've given me, I would order them. Yeah, don't do. But there are, you know, magnetic lashes, too, that you can just. Yeah, I saw those. You don't even have to use glue. Yeah, uh I got some for my mom. She thinks they're too long, but they look so good on her when she wears them. She looks like Bambi. They're very cool. So she can go to the post office. Yeah, I put them on before uh self-isolation what are we calling this before isolation oh, everyone Bill. said i can say it quarantine it's fine so before pre-quarantine i put them on her i feel like she was going to big lots <laughs> and then she said she came back and she was embarrassed because she felt like everyone was staring at her and i'm like that's how everyone who wears makeup for the first time feels absolutely. like absolutely that's what i feel like when i wear the tiniest bit of gloss that has color in it on my lips. every time you're like i have so much makeup on yeah uh-huh. yeah it's crazy. It's just mm-hmm. a build-up thing. You just got to do little by little increments. Yeah, because I want to wear, like, red lips like Taylor. Can't do it. You can do it, and you look good in it. No. Mm-mm. Oh, that's frustrating. All right. Thank you for listening, everybody. Bye, We appreciate everybody. it. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Don't take any beverages that anyone hands you. Yeah, again, be suspicious of your beverages 
And if you start seeing animals that aren't there, check, go to the hospital, call a neighbor. I don't know, but they can't because they're just so sick. Yeah. You need a trustworthy person. Bye. Yeah. Know your spouse. Yeah. Don't don't have life insurance. And maybe don't trust women with false eyelashes in a tiki bar. Great life advice there. Okay. When this is all over. When this is all over. How are people meeting each other? There is going to be a decline in like the population or something. No, I guess the people that are already together are popping out babies. But the rest of us are not meeting new people yeah. or getting divorced. Yeah. It's one or the other. So there's going to be a whole slew of people back on the market. And there's going to be, we'll see. That's when I'm really going to come into play. You're going I'm ready to be a second wife and I can swoop in at any moment. Okay. We'll see. We'll put that in your ad. Okay. On Match.com, on Farmers Only. Okay. Yeah. Bye, everyone. You don't have to be lonely at quarantine.com. <laughs>